Hey friends, welcome to the Blue Sky Lounge, a Disney Imagineering podcast. This is episode 24, and I am your host, Tyler Ianko. Now, the Blue Sky Lounge is a community where people can come and share their Blue Sky ideas for Disney parks around the world. Do you have an idea for an attraction, restaurant, or experience? Well, the sky is the limit and money is no object. We want to hear about it and discuss it. Now, if this is your first or 50th time listening to the show, welcome. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or YouTube, and we encourage you to go back and visit our past episodes. Now, our guest this week is Lou, and we are going to talk about bringing Marvel Land to Walt Disney World. Now, interestingly, in the real world, Universal's Islands of Adventure has the legal rights to certain Marvel characters east of the Mississippi River. That means that Walt Disney World can only host characters who do not appear in Universal's superhero island. But anything is possible here in the Blue Sky Lounge. So please welcome Lou to the show. All right, today with us, we have Mr. Lou Mangiello from WDW Radio. How are you doing today, Lou? Good, man. Thanks so much for having me. Before we get into our Blue Sky thinking, I would like to hear your Disney story. What does Disney mean to you? Why, what is it about this company that makes you feel the way you do about it? Well, I think you hit it right on the head, right? It's about how the place makes us feel. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we all know, like, look, you either you get it or you don't, you understand, or you don't know what we're talking about. Whether it's a Disney movie, a Disney Plus show, or that feeling that you get into the parks, there is something that strips away all of the nonsense and concerns of the outside world. And it is, there's a there's something transformative about that place. It's why I and so many other people have picked up their lives to move here, mm-hmm. um, to be closer to it. It literally, it has nothing to do with the attractions or yes, even the boathouse and the food. It's because of the way that that place still makes us feel. And I think that there is this intangible, unquantifiable thing about about the the emotional impact that Disney has on us. Um, mm-hmm. And it all goes to the cast members. Very cool. Uh, now tell me about your Disney story. How did Disney come into your life? So I've been going to Walt Disney World since November of 1971. We drove down from New Jersey three weeks after the parks opened and uh, little Lou Mangello was hooked because we went back and drove every single year. So Disney's always been part of my life. And even as I grew older, I would go with my friends. I went with my wife, I went with my kids and then eventually moved here. Um, I was a lawyer in New Jersey. Don't hold either of those things against me. Um, And back in, uh, so I was a lawyer, I had an IT consulting company on the side. I had this idea to write a book and all I really knew about was like Disney trivia and, and Disney details because I was reading and learning everything I could growing up. Uh, so I wrote the book I wanted to read, which is a Walt Disney World trivia book. Uh, the book turned into a site. I started podcasting in 2005, which was like literally like three months after the technology just sort of debuted because um, I realized the power of the spoken word and I stink at typing. Um, never thinking it would be anything more than something I did on the side. And then uh, around 2008, I left my job. I packed up the Honda Odyssey and drove to Florida to see if I could make this work. Um, I've been able to do it since then. That's awesome. Very cool. Like I said, we're all about blue sky thinking here. I asked, uh, I know how big of a Marvel fan you are. And I asked if you could build a Marvel land in Florida, if the universal thing wasn't around, what would you want to build? Now, before we get into that, I want to ask you, out of the 23 MCU films, which one is your favorite? 
You know, I think I've probably seen the original Avengers film more than any other. Um, mm. it, it still holds up even over time. And look, Endgame is Endgame and, and the Infinity War saga and, and yeah. some of the others. Um, but that first event, I love origin stories. Yeah. Uh, I, I love going back to the origin stories. Very cool. All right. Uh, so you have thought about this Marvel land. Where would you put it in Disney World? You know, it's really hard because it doesn't necessarily fit anywhere, right? We, mm. we can obviously eliminate Animal Kingdom. You eliminate Epcot. It doesn't work in either. I think it doesn't even work necessarily in Magic Kingdom because for me and what I envision, it would be disruptive to the design and the environment there. Okay. Um, what I think would, would be super cool. Look, so much of the MCU world is, yes, it's spread out over the planet and the galaxies, plural, yeah. But a lot of it and a lot of characters have their origin stories and stories that are told in a city like New York, mm-hmm. where you could build an Avengers Tower mm-hmm. or the Baxter Building, call it whatever you want. Yeah. And you make that a hotel, but you also make it part of a themed entertainment environment okay. with attractions, with shopping, with characters, because you have not just Spider-Man and the Avengers who are there, but you've got daredevil you've got luke cage you've got a whole litany of characters yeah. that you draw from that literally live and work in that city yeah that's that's exactly something that should be done uh i was thinking along the same lines of having an avengers tower whether it be you know in a land or a hotel i think a hotel works really good for that um i think that uh even if it was like a scaled back you know five story something right. um you could easily have you know lots of hotel rooms in there and you, it could be similar to you know the star wars hotel is being built where it is immersive and you can you know go on avenger missions and things like that i think that's a great idea uh so i definitely agree with that and you know incorporating it into the land would be uh, a lot of fun as well um you could just walk right out and walk into you know avengers land or avengers campus or whatever you want to call it and then uh, get on with your day i think that would be a lot of fun so yeah have a little you know the shawarma place would be over there and (laughs) (laughs) excellent um all right so what kind of attractions would you build for this marvel land so obviously you might not be able to tell I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. So it would have to be something Spider-Man related. And obviously I haven't seen what the Web Slingers attraction is going to look like out in California Adventure. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie when I said I really did Google how to become a California resident, you know, as quickly <laughs> as possible when I made the first announcement. You know, I, I want something, and I think all of us want experiences where they are no longer passive, where we want to not just be immersed in the story, but almost help control it. Mm-hmm. And and I think you can come up with a variety of things that would be, you know, a seated sort of ride through experience, mm-hmm. something that literally where you control some, whether it's a, a web shooter yeah. or, you know, a Doctor Strange ring, whatever it might yeah. be. Um, but you can create something like Walt's original visions for Disneyland where anyone and everyone in the family would be able to enjoy it together. Yeah, I don't absolutely. want a themed land that's full of, you know, seven roller coasters and black box 3D experiences. Okay, excellent. So <laughs> that's great. Um, I agree with that 100%. I, I think, you know, a lot of people are always looking for more thrill rides and 
and as as much as I love thrill rides myself, and um, I'm sure you know lots of people do, it, Disney is all about that. You know, is, even this past week, the, they mentioned in, you know inclusivity, and they want everybody to be included. Uh, so they're changing, you know, the Disney look standards with that. Um, I think including everybody in the family is is a big part of that. I have two kids, one's four and one's five, both of whom have special needs. And, you know, it's it's hard sometimes to find stuff that they want to do. So you definitely want to have something that is inclusive for for everybody. So I think that's that's a really cool idea and having that concept where, you know, the whole family could get into like a ride car or something and and you know, one person, like you said, could do you know the slingling sling ring from Doctor Strange, and one person could be a web shooter, and you know, there's tons of options that you could do, and I think that would be a lot of fun. It uh, it almost sounds um, too that you could almost have like an Avengers ride, mm-hmm. where each one of you is like a certain Avenger, and like you know, one of you is like Iron Man. You can fire your your ion cannons and stuff like that. That'd be a lot of fun too. I went to Hong Kong a number of years ago and they had a temporary, it, it almost looked like it was built by putting trailers together. Like it was, okay. a, it was very temporary, but it was very, very, very well done. And it sort of combined elements of agents of shield and some of the MCU together in this walk slash run through interactive attraction. And Dr. Strange was there and Thor was there and black widow and you were an agent of shield. I would love to see something like that come to the states yeah. um, where it's interactive it's immersive and anybody in the family can do it together yeah that sounds awesome i would totally be down for that um my wife and i just finished binging agents of shield a few weeks ago and like we we couldn't stop it was like <laughs> we would watch like three episodes a day it was great so <laughs> i am totally down for like an agents of shield type ride now, I know that you are a foodie, much like myself. What kind of food options would you have for this area? It's all like, so again, you know, you can call back to, you know, the the shawarma from mm-hmm. Avengers. Um, you can go up to Harlem and Luke Cage and have like, you know, cool, like soul food. And you can go, you know, to, um, you know, I, I imagine sort of this Sanctum Sanctorum, Sanctum Sanctorum, where it's almost like a, a, a walkthrough museum and portals to some of the mm-hmm. other sanctums you can go through. And as you go to some of the different locations, there could be, you know, a restaurant in London. There can be another restaurant in, you know, the Far East somewhere and have yeah. all, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about it being such a melting pot, not just of stories, but of cultures as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I even envision like, if you could somehow get to Asgard, you could have like some type of Asgardian <laughs> restaurant and who knows what they eat on Asgard, but imagine what the Disney chefs could do, where their minds could go. If you're like, yeah, we're going to build an Asgard restaurant. What does Viking food taste like? Right. Is- <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think that would be a lot of fun. And like you said, like it, I, I like the, the, what you said, it's a, it's a melting pot. Like it literally is a melting pot, you know, pun intended of you know different cultures and everything where they could all come together and you could have anything that you wanted literally um i think that's a a great idea um the nice thing about it too is if you did have you know this avengers tower you could have a restaurant in there you could have a restaurant in the land you could have quick service in both places Mm -hmm. and you know there's tons of options that you could do um, I'm no, I'm very excited for the pin test kitchen yeah. that's coming in, uh, Avengers campus in California. So, uh, seeing what they can do with that and seeing even some of the photos that they've released already, 
um, looks very interesting for sure. Yeah. So very cool. Now, one thing that my wife thought of would be if they could do like a dinner show, like hoop-de-doo style, <laughs> but think of it as the Star-Spangled Man with a plan. <laughs> and you, you could have like, you could have like, you know, Captain America come up and they could do the Star-Spangled Man. You could have like an Iron Man, like kick line, like from Iron Man 2. And just like have all of these different <laughs> crazy, like um, crazy almost shows i guess would be the easiest way to put it um come up on stage like you could have like a very short musical version of like the loki um play that was going on when <laughs> thor got back to asgard <laughs> and have like you know, you know yeah you know when you said that and you talked about that it, it made me think of a couple of, of of different things so you could almost what if you have you ever done a Marvel Day at Sea Cruise? I have not. I want Dude, to. For research purposes, you have to do it. It's the best cruise ever. Because yeah. in, and I won't spoil anything for you, but in one of the clubs at night, they do almost like this variety show. And they do a Star Spangled Man. What if you had a restaurant that was almost set in Captain America's 1940s because mm -hmm. we don't want john walker captain america like no. that's not the show anybody wants to see but you have it and there's 40s music and there is that sort of star spangled man type of of um variety show that would be put on and of yeah. course you know as everything you know things would go horribly wrong there might be some surprises and, and captain yeah. america comes out but yeah. yeah you could do something super cool i love that era and i love that music too yeah for sure that that sounds really cool yeah, I've always wanted to go on a Marvel Day at Sea, any Disney cruise. I haven't been on a Disney cruise yet. We've we've had them booked and we've had to cancel due to like, you know, things have come up. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely one of my research trips that I need to go on for sure. Um, I'm itching to get down to Florida sometime within the next year, hopefully. It's hard when we live in Canada. So <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned a Spider-Man ride. Is there like another Marvel character I know like there's, you know, Iron Man rides out there. Are there any other Marvel characters that you feel deserve some type of ride? So the first one that comes to mind is one that I, I, I have this sneaking suspicion, maybe on a blue sky drawing board or 3D model somewhere. But tell me that, that entering Wakanda somewhere would not be amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, you imagine this giant Black Panther carved out of the mountain. Yeah. And it's it allows Imagineering to do so much. There's such a wide spectrum in terms of what mm -hmm. they can do, in addition to it making it one of the most technologically advanced attractions and yeah. really blowing people away yeah. at what could be done. I, I've had the pleasure and privilege of going to places like Tokyo and Shanghai and seeing just how far Imagineering can push mm -hmm. storytelling and probably budget. And, yeah. and I think Wakanda would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I th I, I've had many people, we did a Animal Kingdom episode very early on um, and everybody's like, yeah, you should build a Wakanda in the Africa Pavilion in Animal Kingdom. I'm like, mm, yeah, <laughs> but where does the animal conservation come in with that? So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I completely agree. Wakanda would definitely be on the radar for pretty much everybody, I think. 
Um, it seems to be kind of the fan favorite from the people that have uh, been coming back for our show. And I'm sure you've talked to people as well who have said they would love to have a Wakanda type area attraction, whatever it be. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun for sure. And that answer might change in, you know, a year or so when we start to see what, you know, environments for Shang-Chi are, are right. going to look like too. Yeah. And like, not only that, but with, you know, um, Doctor Strange and the quantum verse and, and everything like that, you have all the quantum realms and everything. So you could have, you know, a, a ride about going into the different quantum realms and the different, you know, universes that Marvel is starting to create. Yeah. So I think that would be a, a lot of fun as well. Okay, so if you were to build this Marvel land, it sounds like you would want like the main centerpiece, the, the weenie, so to say, to be Avengers Tower, or would you want something else? I, I mean, I guess it, it almost just, you know, at, at quick thought makes sense to sort of have that central, you know, if you're going to sort of keep that same idea of the, the hub and spoke mentality. Yeah. Could, um, I remember listening on your show once that Disney originally thought of doing Tower of Terror as a hotel and they were going to have like, um, I think you said it was like a, a, a old Woody station wagon, like pick people up at the Orlando airport and bring them to the hotel. I think that would be really cool as well. Um, if you could do it for, um, the Avengers Tower, you could almost be like a, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. recruit and you get onto like a recruiting bus and uh, you have, it's all themed out, like decked out in like S.H.I.E.L.D. logo and stuff like that. And it brings you to Avengers Tower um, and you can kind of like onboard as a as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think that would be a lot of fun um, and a different experience than what most people would uh, experience, you know, for the... Um, Mickey's Magical Express or anything like that. So uh, you have kind of like this more militaristic, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, structured um, onboarding would be a, a good way to put it. Well, I expect we're going to see that with the Halcyon, right? Mm -hmm. for, for the Star Wars Hotel. I think yeah. however you arrive there, whether it's bus, Uber, your own car, yeah. Once you get to that port cochere and you walk through, and I know nothing, Tyler, I'm completely guessing, but I imagine that there's this sort of portal that you're going to walk through and you are going to, you know, virtually sort of board some sort of a transport vehicle that's going to bring you up to this ship. Mm -hmm. And this idea of completely being immersed in the story mm -hmm. from the second you walk through is going to be critical yeah. because you have to sort of, you know, suspend your disbelief that yeah. you are in a building in, in Orlando. I think that's going to be a very interesting way to do it. And I think it would be very easy to do it for Avengers as well. So mm -hmm. very cool. Um, if you could, going back to kind of my icebreaker questions if you could live in any marvel movie which one would you live in oh wow um wow that's a great question too if i could live and i'm quickly going the, through the entire mcu in my head right. if I could live in any marvel movie um which would it be gosh is you know there's a little part of me that's like wow you know to be able to travel through space as you know space travel in, in like a guardians of the galaxy 
would be super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do kind of like the the alternate reality that that much of the Marvel movies are are currently set in. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep sort of going back to Spider Man just because he's a he remains you know a childhood favorite. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. I I totally get that. I'm I'm a total Spider-Man nut too. I love Spider-Man, so I uh, totally get where you're going with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that's great. Uh, now, do you think ever that the Universal deal would ever fall for this to happen? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I believe, and again, I know nothing, Tyler, but yeah. I believe that plane is already in flight and I think it's been in flight for years. And, and my, my, my logic is, is this flawed, however it might be. <laughs> I think if I am universal and I am locked into having this superhero island that only can reflect characters from the comic books, mm-hmm. there's a huge disconnect for guests. Right. Mm-hmm. They walk in. Kids are like, wait, that's not Spider-Man. That's not Storm. I don't understand who these characters are. Yeah. I also think that they don't like the fact that they probably have to open up their books to Disney and show yeah. income and whatnot. Yeah. They're also spaces at a premium for Universal. Right. The mm-hmm. fact that they're having to build an additional park two miles down the road is, is not ideal. So yeah. that that prime real estate um, is affords them an opportunity. I think they want to keep the Simpsons there. I think that there could be a deal negotiated where the the Marvel rights in terms of theme park utilization go back to Disney in exchange for something of value for Universal that they could either put into that spot or from just a, a purely financial sense. Yeah. But I, without a doubt, believe that that is going to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, I I always hope so. I'm like I said, like I'm so excited for. Avengers Campus in, in California, and my wife and I are Disney World fans. We, whenever we go to a Disney park, we always try and go to Disney World if possible. Um, and it's it's that one thing that you know is on the West Coast that we wish was on the East Coast. So um, <laughs> it would be a lot of fun if that could eventually happen for sure. If um, the other thing that I thought of too for this Avenger World is in Galaxy's Edge on Batu, there is Savvy's Workshop where you can build your own lightsaber. I thought it would be really cool if you could have a similar experience for this Avenger world where you could build your own arc reactor. How cool would that be? That's really a cool idea. Man. And so, like, because, you know, there's been countless arc reactors, whether it's been the circle or the triangle, and even with the triangle, there's been different designs. So you could get, you know, you could say to the to the person like yeah i want to have a circle arc reactor or i want to have a triangle one and then you could pick like different you know different parts for it and make each one your your own and have it be you know unique to you and it would be really cool if like it had like a magnetic plate or something Mm -hmm. that you could like put on one side of your shirt and have the arc reactor like snap on the outside so you're you can like display your customized arc reactor I think that's that would a be a super way. cool idea, man. I, yeah. I, I'm smiling because I dig that. Because my son has one that he bought um, from whatever company. It's really heavy and like the shirt hangs down. Yeah. But the idea of being able to customize your own, whether yeah. it be with shapes or colors or sounds or whatever. Yeah. I mean, sign me up. And, right. you know, 
and I, yeah. I think it would, I, I think it would be cool too because like I, I remember seeing in comic books like you know Tony builds like all of these different things to help out all of his super friends I remember seeing this one where I don't even know if it was a comic book or if it was just something online but there was like an arc reactor built into like Captain America's shield so like, you could buy like you know these other types of you know um accessories and you could put your arc reactor into it and it could then interact with that so you buy this captain america shield you put your arc reactor in and then parts of the shield light up and the same color that your arc reactor is i like that right i like that yeah man i like that idea a lot i think that would be really cool because i love the fact with the lightsabers that you can buy different kyber crystals which then change the color of your lightsaber um i am very excited for the new uh guardians of the galaxy roller coaster that's coming to Epcot soon. I cannot wait to do that. I can't wait to see all the stuff that Disney is planning for Florida when I can come down. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that, and I'm very excited to hear. Uh, I was very excited to hear all of your ideas for Avengers. So thank you. It is a uh, it's a good time to be a Disney fan, man. Right. It's a good time. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is you wrote a new book recently. Uh, it is called the Disney Interviews Volume One. Now, um, what possessed you, or what what not possessed? What what brought the idea on to bring these interviews into a written form for for your fans or for anybody really? So I, I've had the idea literally sitting on my whiteboard um, for years, mm-hmm. uh, taking those and, and putting them to a different form because you know, as a podcaster, not everybody consumes podcasts. And I Mm -hmm. believe you create content in the way that people are most comfortable consuming it. And especially for the Disney interviews, I think they would translate ideally into book format. And Mm -hmm. when the pandemic happened, um, we all had the blessing and the luxury of something that is is at a premium, which is time. I said, Mm -hmm. I'm going to utilize this time. and, And I think there's opportunity and adversity. So both for myself and to try and help other people say, hey, you can use this time and, and make something good out of it. Uh, I, I took a select group of interviews. I took 13 interviews of people that worked for and with Walt Disney or in case of people like Dave Smith who were instrumental in preserving his legacy mm-hmm. and put those into book format, um, added some additional content in terms of context and stories a little bit before and after yeah. um, as a way to hopefully introduce those stories in the voices of the people themselves yeah. um, to those who might not have heard them on the show. Yeah. I, I did manage to get the book and I've read it. And I, as I remember, you know, I remember reading the Julie Andrews one in my head, I'm like envisioning like Julie Andrews voice in there responding back to you. And same with, um, you know, Richard Sherman, all, all the different ones in there that I've managed to hear the voice of the, the voice is always like playing in the back of your head while you're reading it. So uh, I think it is a very cool book. Um, how, so you said that you started this at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was a fairly recent project that you started. You had had the idea for a while. Um, how, like, how long did it take the process to go for? Like from, from be- beginning, starting writing to publication, how long did that take for you? So, you know, when you say the writing, a lot of the writing was done already. Yeah, Um, I I had I had some of those interviews already transcribed and then I started to compile the rest. Um, And then I've actually I have 
I've been published and I've self-published books before. So I sort of knew there wasn't a huge learning curve in terms of the process that I had to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, you know, getting a cover designed and doing all the other interior content, uh, which I love. Like I love the creative process of Mm -hmm. pulling all those things together. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, I, I also felt that having that, valuable content and, and and when i say valuable i don't mean my part is valuable the part that <laughs> that the interviewees contributed um I, I didn't want to just keep them in the audio format I, I really almost felt that there was a bit of a responsibility to share those in in, mm-hmm. in printed form um which is which is another reason because so many of those individuals are not with us anymore and mm-hmm. others you know won't be with us forever too so yeah. uh, i had a lot of different motivations in terms of just wanting to share good stories with people that i thought might enjoy them, especially at a time when, you know, people are home with a lot of extra free time on their hands yeah, too. Absolutely. Um, now this is volume one. So it sounds like there are more volumes to come. The, uh, the plan has always been if, if volume one was uh, well-received, which thankfully it was, um, you know, I've been, I've been collecting interviews since uh, 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've already started to assemble what volume two might look like in Very my cool. mind. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, can you share something with us uh, that readers wouldn't necessarily know about you or about the book? Oh gosh, let's see. Um, they wouldn't know about me. All right. So th- I'll just tell a funny story that that's I, I shared on the, the pod. Well, actually, if you've, if you heard the interview, you know it, but you might not know the context. So Again, I'm a Disney fan first, Tyler, and mm-hmm. the interviews that I've done and, and the podcasts I put out, I put out because I just love this so much. And as a fan, having the privilege and the opportunity to meet and um, go to some of these people's houses and in some cases befriend some of these people mm-hmm. has been an incredible honor. And in all the years I've done interviews, I've never, ever had to edit or censor anybody except one person. Oh, and man. so years ago, um, I got to meet and go to the home of, of sweet little Alice Davis, okay, uh, wife of Mark Davis. She yeah. also did costuming for so many attractions like Small World. And she's in there and this wonderful little lady is, is telling all these stories and innocently telling the story about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and how she was telling some of the Imagineers and engineers that they couldn't do... Um, the superstructure underneath because it wasn't going to look right. And Walt was coming through in an early test with uh, some executives and much as Alice predicted, when the auctioneer turned one of the, uh, the internal appendages moved in such a way that it looked like, right. And so she <laughs> says that, she says that, and you know, I'm trying not to laugh because, so I was the only time, I couldn't leave the story out because it yeah. was gold, yeah. but the only time I have to sort of like bleep over, creatively bleep over somebody. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. I, run, I do a G-rated show, so I had yeah. to keep it. Right. <laughs> um, That's really funny. That's great. Um, what... Like you said, you've done interviews since 2005. You've done, you know, almost 20 years worth of interviews. Is there an interview that kind of sticks out more than the rest? Or are they all kind of unique in their own right? 
they're certainly all unique in their own right. And there are, there are memories I have about literally every single one of them, like going back to Charlie Ridgway and George McGinnis and some of the people I interviewed, you know, very early on. Uh, look, certainly a, a, a Julie Andrews has a special place right. in my heart for different. Yeah. And, and forgive me, because I don't want this to sound like I'm like, rattling off names no but but again I'm a, I think this comes from a fan first yeah. and i still remember the first time like you know I, I talked to richard sherman and this was like pre-d23 and you know all these um events where where these guys were sort of being brought out and he innocently and sweetly is like are you sure you want to interview me and i had like this don't you know who you are yeah. kind of moment with richard sherman um and even look going back to the marvel stuff um you know i've gotten to know I've gotten to know Kevin Feige um, yeah. very, very well as uh, as a result of this, because um, not just he's a, he's a huge Disney fan, um, but he was a listener. So yeah. it's it's amazing to think, and you know, like you never know who might be listening to the show. And as Absolutely. a fan, there's there's nothing more rewarding than that. Yeah, very cool. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I I love you know I love hearing your show. And I loved collaborating about this Marvel land. And I really hope that uh, you can come back on and we can discuss something else. I would love it, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And when you come to Walt Disney World, we'll have to eat together. Sounds good. All right. Maybe we'll do a, maybe we'll do a La Cellier uh, review for both of us. This is a body that's built on poutine, man. I'm with you. There you go. All right, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, please go and check out Lou's book, The Disney Interviews Volume 1. It is a great read. Uh, I will post a link to it down in the description down below, and as well as a link to Lou's show. If you haven't checked it out, please check it out. It's amazing. There are hundreds of shows for you to go and check out, uh, each one more captivating than the first, and there are a lot of good and funny stories in those shows. So go check it out. Uh, Lou, thank you again so much, and I really appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks again, Lou. We'll be right back. Enjoying your time at the Blue Sky Lounge? Be sure to check out our Tee Public store. Show your fandom of thinking, dreaming, believing, and daring yourself to use your imagination. Our store features adult and kids apparel, face masks, housewares like mugs and pillows, tech cases, and much more. To find your design, follow the link in the description below. See you there. Plus, there's a sale going on this week. For April 28th and 29th, you will receive 30% off your entire purchase with no promo code needed. Just follow the link in the description down below. This week we had so many superheroes assemble their great ideas for a Marvel land in Disney World. Roger suggested on our Facebook page, Wakanda. All of it. Now Roger, the Blue Sky Lounge is all in for this. It's something that our guests have mentioned on multiple shows. And the possibilities are just mind-blowing with the technology that Wakanda has. Stay tuned for a Wakanda Blue Sky Lounge show in the future. Top Fan Shelby says, I would like a walkthrough of costumes and props from the movies. I love seeing all the details in them. Now Shelby, this sounds like an air conditioning dream come true. I would spend hours in here avoiding the hot sunny days, looking at all the props and avoiding the warm weather is an added bonus of course. And our friend Susie suggested something similar, but for those with sensory issues, she said, I would love to see a quiet Marvel themed room. It could look like the Captain America Museum or something with quiet activities for kids, but also for stuff for adults to do too. Now, 
Susie, my kids are autistic, as I was saying earlier in the show, and I love that you have thought of things for both adults and kids to do together. Walt would be very proud of this, um, and I personally love it because the fact that you want to have a sensory-friendly area, whether it be for kids or for adults, um, just shows that inclusivity that we were talking about in the show as well. So very good thinking, and that's a very, very cool idea. So thank you very much for sharing that. Now, Ming must have been listening to Laura's virtual reality Indiana Jones adventure from our last week's show, because she suggests, imagine if they had an augmented reality version of the Red Room, like you get to learn some crazy Black Widow moves. Now, Ming, this sounds dangerously like you're trying to trick me into working out, but it sounds really cool, so I might consider it. Um, I'm very excited to see this new Black Widow movie coming out and seeing the backstory of Black Widow and go more into that and see, you know, what what happened in her in her past and maybe learn more about the Red Room. So I'm very excited for that, and I really like this idea, so thank you so much. And Alex mentioned a Daredevil No Fear stunt show with cameos from other members of the MCU. Now, Alex, this is a really cool idea. This kind of reminds me of uh, the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular in Hollywood Studios. Um, I think it would be really awesome, and there are so many characters that you can pull from from the MCU. Um, and not only that, but just Marvel in general. Uh, maybe there could be a random element to it similar to Star Tours, how you never know what combination you're going to get. Maybe if there's five shows a day, maybe all shows have Daredevil as their main character, but they have two supplementary characters that come on for uh, each show, but it's two different ones. So maybe the first show could be like Iron Fist and Spider-Man, and maybe the second show could be, you know, Captain America and Bucky. Um, I think that would be really cool, and you can kind of change all the change it all up so that no show is going to be completely the same. Uh, but that sounds like a very cool idea, and I think that would be a really big hit with a lot of people. So thank you so much for that idea. And Miziad03 thinks that an area design like one of the shield helicarriers would be fun. Now, I agree. As I mentioned earlier, my wife and I just binged uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and we were totally into that series. We finished it very quickly. Um, and I think it would be really cool if there's an area built similar to that of a S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier or maybe if there's an Avengers, um, maybe there's an Avengers Age of Ultron attraction and part of it is is that you have to take the helicarrier to Sokovia um, and the helicarrier is the the queue going into the ride or maybe there's an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. attraction and maybe instead of a helicarrier you have Agent Coulson's bus from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Zephyr 1 if you wanted to do something a little bit later now granted those aren't canon with the MCU um, but it would still be really fun I think and you could you could still swing it, I think, uh, to, to kind of make it all blend for a Marvel land. So, But Miziad03, that's a great suggestion. Thank you so much. I think that would be really cool to kind of go through the helicarrier. Thank you. Now Shelby comes back for another suggestion of how about a great movie ride, but instead it is all themed to the different eras from WandaVision. Now Shelby, you must have known how much we loved WandaVision in my family. I think that a Marvel Through the Ages ride would be awesome, and not only could it just be WandaVision, um, the one thing that I think would be really cool is not only should you just go through the you know different eras of WandaVision, like the 50s, 60s, 70s, and so on, but you could bring in other properties as well, like Agent Peggy Carter from the 40s, or Captain America from the 40s, or you could do like the 1990s and have Captain Marvel in there. 
um, and like Nick Fury from that era. I think that would be really cool. And not only that, but you could then go through the eras and see the progression of these characters and how they're growing throughout the throughout the ride and see you know agent peggy carter going from an agent to being the head of shield and you can see nick fury as you know helping out captain marvel in the 90s to becoming the head of shield in the 2000s um, i think that would be really cool so thank you so much for that suggestion well that's a wrap for this week's show thank you to everyone who submitted ideas we love blue sky thinking with you now what was your favorite idea did anything spark your imagination Leave a like or a comment down below to let us know. And please join us next week when we discuss a Toy Story Hotel. Head on over to our social media platforms to join in the fun. The links are on our website, thebluesky-loungepodcast.com. And don't miss an episode by subscribing to our channel now, and remember to rate and review our show as well. Now we'd like to note that the Blue Sky Lounge is not affiliated with the Disney Company in any way. This is a fan-run show featuring fan ideas and artwork that is in no way any true representation of what may or may not happen with the Disney company in the future. Now, thank you so much for joining us here this week on the Blue Sky Lounge, and just remember to think, dream, believe, and dare yourself to use your imagination. Who knows what kind of blue sky thinking you can do from your armchair. Thanks. <laughs>